The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Sunday, March 21st. Actually, I guess Monday, March 21st. If you're listening to the podcast, we are live streaming on YouTube on Sunday, March 21st. Monday, March 22nd, I guess, because the day actually changes. Joining me to do a mock draft Monday, the one, the only, Amanda's feeling dangerous, Ryan Wilson. What's up, buddy? Yeah, found my... uh... What's his name? <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Mayfield yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking Johnny Manziel. Yeah, my Baker Mayfield shirt because it's uh, finally warmed up here in the '60s. So I thought I would. Uh, wow, that's pretty good. Isn't got it you some tickets. Here? Yeah, I got you some tickets to the gun show today and, and broke out the the Bill and Danger shirt. Oh, you love to see it. I uh, I went and got breakfast this morning on Sunday morning, and I wore shorts, and I was freezing outside. It was like 50 degrees. You wore uh, shorts with your driving moccasins. Right. Uh, no, I put on tennis shoes. Oh, look at that! Thanks. I was going. Up, I was going up to Big Ed's to get myself a, a delicious little. You got. You got a like. Let me guess. You got like some sort of uh, breakfast sandwich. I did. Yeah. You want to guess what it was? Eggs, bacon, and cheese. Very close. On a biscuit. Ah, very uh, correct on a biscuit. You missed the. You missed the protein though. Oh, sausage. Mm, nope. Bacon, sausage. What else is left? Cajun chicken, baby. Oh, that's something I haven't heard. Like I'm a oh, sausage yeah. guy. My kids and my wife like uh, bacon. I, I rather prefer sausage on my on my on my on my uh, egg biscuit. I am a. Um, I think that's I a pref- new thing though. Cajun chicken that wasn't a thing thirty years ago when I lived in North Carolina. You get a Bojangles. <laughs> yeah, but you went to like you went to not a chain. You went to like a yeah. Lo- big Ed, lo- Big Ed's is like this local breakfast bar. Anyway, I don't, local hipster place. Yeah, no, that's not a hipster place. The line was out the door to get in there too. Um, and, you know, I wanted to sit around, eat my biscuit, and watch some basketball. That's right. It is madness time in the sports world with the NCAA tournament in full swing. You're a diehard sports fan, which means you want to stay in the know with all sports. And that's where CBS Sports HQ is your streaming answer. Just think about what's on tap this week alone. MLB spring training, the NBA trade deadline, UFC 260, NFL free agency fallout and draft coverage, plus golf picks, the U.S. men's national team, so much we could go on forever, really, but you get it. Sports never sleeps, and neither does CBS Sports HQ. It's available on your computer, your phone, via the CBS Sports app, and your connected TV. I leave it on all day, and if you live and breathe sports, I'd encourage you to do so as well. I believe you can also watch it through Paramount+. Plus. Yes. Debo says yes. Okay, cool. Um, I, I use, <laughs> sure he does. <laughs> my, my, I have an LG TV in our living room and it's one of those, like, it's the first smart TV I've ever had. Like really, like, it's the apps on the bottom. It's so cool. Like, it's like, you, you know, there's a, and there's a Paramount Plus. Like I hit the home button and it pops up and Paramount Plus right That's there. Awesome. So it's easy to get yeah. to. I love it. Um, anywho, let's do mock draft 6.0. Of course. Well, oh, wait, you know what? Before we get that, hmm. Kenny Galladay. 
signed with the New York Giants. What you uh, what you think about that, Wilson? It's a pretty big money deal. Uh, four years, seventy two. I'm guessing. I, I saw it and then I haven't written it down yet, but that's what I think it is. It's it's not a small money deal based on what we saw over the course of free agency that these wide receivers got. Um, yes. Uh, $17 million signing bonus per Mike Florio, who got the full contract, he claims. Uh, base salary of $13 million in 2022. is a base salary of $1 million in 2021. <laughs> okay. Um, and $10 million of that 2022 base salary is fully guaranteed. Yeah, so, four I got that right. So here's the interesting yeah. thing. So in terms of average annual value, it's, uh, what, eighth, four, five, six, seven, seventh among all the wide receivers. So he's behind Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Julio, and DeAndre Hopkins is number one, which you thought, and this is typically how it works for the quarterbacks. When you're, when you're up, you're the highest paid quarterback when it's all said and done until the next guy's up. Uh, clearly, and, and Pete Prisco tweeted this out during the week and some, um, Lions fans got angry at him. He said a lot of NFL teams view Kenny Galladay as the number two. Mm. And, I think the market proved that he's the number two. The market market proved that Juju Smith-Schuster is a number two. He signed a one-year eight million dollar deal. And um, the interesting thing about Juju, by the way, is that <clears throat> I would that was, I would I would disagree. I don't think the market proves that he's number two. I think it's like the market. I think the salary cap was reduced. There weren't as many teams in on the big name wide receivers, and he doesn't have like the historical production of Hopkins, Julio, Keenan Allen, Amari, Michael Thomas. Well, there's probably some truth to that, but there are guys that got paid. Judon got paid. Johnny Smith got paid. Um, did Joe Tooney got paid? So there are guys that got paid in a salary cap crunch, but I do think that Kenny, Kenny Galladay's maybe more a 1.5 instead of a, a two or one. Yeah, and the, I think that's fair. And the injury history may be a concern. Juju's a two. And that, that's, I think that's legit. Not really much up for debate. I mean, he had a chance to go. Juju did to go to Kansas City, and he decided not to because he would be behind Tyreek and Kelsey and maybe even to some degree McCole Harbin, whereas in Pittsburgh he knows what his role is. So he took less to go there, took less to go there as opposed to, as JLC reported, Baltimore that wanted to give him $9.5 million reportedly. But he's like, that's a running team. And if the plan is to, play, to sign a one-year deal and basically what I call the, the honey badger move where you, yeah. it's, you forget that honey badger played for the Texans for one year. <laughs> no. That was a one year, $7 million deal. And yep. he, he did it and he made himself a, m- a lot of money and went to two Super Bowls. And I think that's sort of what Juju's thinking about. Uh, Godley got, got good money. Maybe he's okay with that money, but I would imagine he wanted more than that. Uh, yeah, he probably wanted more than that. But I also think, you know, with Galladay, he, you know, he came out of Northern Illinois at the age of 24. Like Juju is Juju 24 right now. Oh, Might he be. did? I didn't know he's that old. Yeah, Juju's is really young. Yeah, so Galladay is, will be 20, will turn 28 in this season. Which means Yuck. that if, he, okay. yeah, so if he, and you know, he played four years for the Lions, I am of the opinion that he did sort of what AJ Green did two years ago, which is, um, when he got a little banged up and he realized the Lions were going to be awful, he's pushed back his return by, you know, by not getting healthy very quickly. And I, yeah. and I, and I don't, I have no qualms about that whatsoever because nope. if you come back and you re-injure yourself playing for a team that's, you know, going to win three to five games, um, and, you know, whose season is essentially already over, you are absolutely in, in a COVID season, no less, you are absolutely putting your long-term future at risk. And clearly, you know, those games missed didn't affect him that much because he got top 10 wide receiver money. I think this is also sort of like, and I really, really like Kenny Galladay's like as a player. So I love him. I, yeah, I do too. I have no problem with this contract. You know, the, the age thing is a little concerning, Like Juju you know, is 24. Yeah. I mean, so 
I mean, you're talking about, you know, you're getting him in his prime, but, you know, if it's a, was it, was it a four year deal or five year deal? Four. This is his last big contract. Yeah, exactly. This, and, and that's sort of why if you're Galladay, you're like, look, I don't care where I'm going and I don't care who's paying me, but I want to get paid because this is really my last chance to do so. Um, and, and, and so I, like, again, I, I know qualms whatsoever. Uh, I think that he is a, I think he's a really good player. I think. Well, um, you know, he's I the think, exact player that the the Giants need too. Yes, he, correct. He's, he's that and to your point, I didn't realize he was so old. You don't even want to sign a, a Juju Smith-Schuster one year deal, even if it's for twenty million dollars, because then you're going to be twenty eight next year coming out, and then you're never getting more than a two or three year deal either. Anyway, so this correct. this is probably the best of both worlds for for him and the Giants. Yeah, and I think this also shows that I, I had said this right. I said that Dave Gettleman was going to go all in on and double down on himself, right? He is in, in meaning that, you know, he needs Daniel Jones. He, he was going to pay Leonard Williams and he did that. Um, you know, he is going to try to figure out a way to make Daniel Jones a better player in 2021 because that will make Dave Gettleman's job more secure. And so I think you, so I w- I'm not surprised that he went out and got a, a, the best wide receiver on the market, even if it was possibly an overpay based on Galladay's history, age, performance, and all of that. And, and by the I- way, this is how you do it, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. You don't go out and sign Andy Dalton, a Nick, Nick Foles clone and magically say everything's fixed. Yeah, and I also think you're going to see Gettleman give Saquon Barkley a, a contract extension this offseason. But we'll see, I just, I'm just telling you, he's just going in on himself because that's yeah. that's what he believes will save his job. And so I'm not entirely shocked by it. I do think here one the, more thing before you move yeah. on. We do have the draft stuff. A, a quick question: We've been pimping, uh, pimping. We've been pumping up the the football team on on their offseason moves. Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph now for this offense. And Saquon, John Ross. Oh, John Ross. Saquon's coming back. I mean. Are they going to be in the mix as well? I I think I can talk myself into the Giants being. I, I don't. Jason Garrett is a concern, <laughs> a big concern. But you know, that Andrew Thomas was pretty good last year. Andrew Thomas played a lot better down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Will Hernandez is a player on the interior. You know, they got some issues on the right side of their line. I think uh, you know Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Saquon, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, and John Ross, along with Sterling Shepard. And they, uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot of talent at the skill position. If that offensive line is decent, is it like average? And Daniel Jones can stop turning the ball over every single game. Yes, the Giants can be in the mix that, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Graham really had a breakout season as a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for them. James Bradbury looked like a really nice signing, even though he's an expensive cornerback in free agency. Um, you know, Dexter Lawrence just played well. I, I don't know that he's going to live up to his draft stock, but I think he's a good player. And Larry Williams had a, a massive breakout season. So yeah, why not? I mean, it, yeah, I think I would. This, I, this, this division could actually end up being pretty good after being wholly unwatchable last year. Are the Eagles the worst team in the division? That's not even like a poke at Devo. It's just, I mean, it is, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, they got, it's the most chaotic, which is nuts to say in a, in a division with football team. It, it really is. Uh, the, the stable football team. Uh, if you had to pick, would you go football team or, or giants? I'm, I'm a little worried that we're all on the football team. I'm trying to, so is Daniel Jones better than Ryan Fitzpatrick? Cause I'm not sure he is. It might be the same player. They're basically the same guys 20 years apart. Yeah, they really might be. That's that's a great comp, actually. So yeah, it's so close. I'll take I'll take the experience. I'll yeah, and they have that defense, which is lights out. I'll just go with the Giants to mix it up. But um, and it's funny. There's no Cowboys in the mix. <laughs> I, there's not any defense. 
Right. Uh, Daniel Jones for his career has where are his fumbles. Uh, they're down on running. He has of like eight, 18 at one point. He he's led the league in fumbles the last two years. Yeah, that's not good. 29 fumbles and 22 interceptions in his first two years. That is that's a, a lot. problem, Danny Dimes. You can't fumble that much. You just nope. can't. So nope. that right. that's certainly a concern there. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Giants – and look, it, Joe Judge, good first season. Yeah. So – Let's see how he uh, how he comes around in his second season, but but certainly I think you have to like what you saw from the Giants in that first year, and uh, Kenny Galladay a nice little add on for them that probably Ryan takes them out from t- from uh, drafting a quarterback and uh, drafting a, a wide receiver in the first round. Yeah, that's right. In fact, and you mentioned the offensive line, and that's certainly a need for them, and they could address that in my latest mock draft. This is mock draft six that we're doing on the Pick Six podcast. I've done twenty nine mock drafts. On, on the old internet machine. And this week, coming out Monday, the 22nd, I have the Giants taking Michael Parsons, the linebacker, to bolster that defense. Uh, Debo's guy from Penn State. Uh, he's like a top five player, but he's make fall down because of quarterbacks and offensive tackles and whatnot. But they could go off to lineman there. I had, in fact, in this mock draft, I didn't have Panay Sewell going till 10th because there were some trade, trades mm. involved. Three teams traded up into the first round. Two teams Ooh. traded up into the first round, one traded down. So Panay Sewell slipped a little bit while there was a run of quarterbacks. So Panay Sewell maybe somehow finds his way to, to the Giants. That would certainly be an option there. They could draft for Sean Slater or Elijah Bear Tucker there if they wanted to bolster the offensive line. There are, it's probably, I'm trying to think, the linebacker class is, has three or four really good guys at the top. The offensive line class is a little deeper. So maybe the Giants wait to, to address that. But this week, Micah Parsons, but you could certainly talk me into. An offensive lineman, but yeah, I, I think the days of them taking Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith are gone because clearly they just paid seventy-two million dollars to, to Kenny Galladay. Yeah, and I mean that's why free agency matters for mock drafts. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it does. Like, you can't really take a look at what you know what these teams are going to do until you know what they're how they're going to handle free agency. Like, if if Galladay goes somewhere else, the Giants feel like a lock to take a wide receiver, but clearly they. So they Sorry, let me bring it back to this because uh, I was on uh, the Atlanta Falcons podcast last week with our buddy Matt Tabeek, mm. and um, you know the Falcons tweeted it out or whatever, just talking draft stuff. A lot of Falcons fans are done with Matt Ryan. Like you're of the opinion he's be back for the next two years. I was looking enough to double check his his dead cap hit as a June first cut is twenty five million. His dead cap hit the following year is twenty five million. Are we sure he's going to be there for two years? No. Oh, okay. Like, would they? Are, like, how? Where are you at uh, on the probability? I think that he will. I it would be. I think it would be really difficult for the Falcons to dump him this year because you can do it after June first. Mm-hmm. That would be really disrespectful to, <laughs> like maybe the greatest player in franchise history. Um, maybe I mean, who's better, Mike Vick? And I mean Matt Ryan's a better. Matt Ryan won an MVP. I know Dion was there, but he was Dion, everywhere. yeah, but he was everywhere. Um, but at number four. If Arthur Smith loves one of these quarterbacks, are you telling him no is Terry Fontenot? Uh, no. I mean, so you take a quarterback at four? Yeah, I think, um, I, I think, I mean, you could care, you could certainly keep Matt Ryan on the roster and have whoever sit on the bench for a year. I think if you take a quarterback, that's the play is you, you're like, and Matt Ryan, I don't think would be upset if the Falcons took a quarterback either. Like, I don't think that would bother him because he understands where he's at with, you know, with this franchise. And Arthur Blank had made those comments this offseason yeah. that, you know, the Falcons, 
that he was going to let the new coaching staff and the new GM decide how to handle all players, including Matt Ryan. It felt like for a while there, Matt Ryan was almost certainly done. But, you know, he has a $65 million dead cap hit this season if they cut him. That, and, I mean, until June 1st, though, right? Yeah. So if you cut, but I don't think the Falcons can. So if you cut him after June 1st, you save two millions on the, two million on the cap. Like that's not even worth it, you know? Right. And, and then you have dragged out this process with again, the most favorite, the most, the, the greatest player in your franchise's history, arguably one of the, well, he's on the Mount Rushmore of your franchise and you're going to drag it out and then cut him after June 1st when everybody else has filled all of their holes. I think what might be more likely would be, and I, I don't, if he, you could do a post June one trade that feels a little tough. Um, a, See, and then even next year, his dead cap hit is forty point five million before June first. Oh, it's another June one. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I, you, you could, you could definitely get out of it after this year. I mean, like, that's and their salary cap situation is already dire. So it's not they like are in a disastrous salary cap yeah. situation. Yeah. So I just, I think they're going to ride with Matt Ryan for two years, and I think that Arthur, I think well, if they win this year, like, uh, I yeah, think, fans, I was sort of surprised because I thought that thought fans would be on board. No, not according to Twitter. A lot of them aren't. And what I found is that fans will pretty quickly turn on a team legend if he's old and starts sucking. See Ben Roethlisberger. Like the yeah. only exception, Tom Brady even caught some heat when he sucked last year, but that wasn't his fault. I think the only exception might be Aaron Rodgers. I haven't heard Packers fans whinge about Aaron Rodgers, or have you? Oh, yeah. I think Packers fans, yeah. Oh. Packers fans whinge about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Matt Ryan wasn't even that bad last year. Yeah. Packers, the Falcons, I mean, Falcons, Falcons, yeah. Falcons fans don't want to hear it. Yeah, they really don't. I, I mean, was he, surprised by that. His, so his MVP season was 2016, but like, all right. So his MVP season, he completed 69.9% of his passes, 4,944 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, which is absurd. Seven in just seven interceptions mm. and average 10 point, uh, excuse me, 9.3 yards per passing attempt, which is out, obviously led the league and is outrageous. Since then, his per 16 game numbers. He's completed 66.4% of his passes over the last four years. That's good. Average per 16 games, 4,588 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and 7.6 yards per attempt. Like, that's just a good quarterback. Yeah. It's not, this is not on him. Like, he didn't have protection last year. And he's running for his life. That's right. He's running for his life. So anyway, um, as Steve puts it up there, I have him taking Kyle Pitts, the tight end at number four, assuming they're going to stay with Matt Ryan. I love Kyle Pitts, so I think that helps the offense. Obviously, it doesn't help the defense, but that's something else they have to figure out. Is there a chance that, like, a completely independent of position that Kyle Pitts is the best player in this draft? Oh, yeah. No, there are people – I don't – you you wouldn't get much of an argument for me on that. And, you know, I felt that way for a while, and a lot of people are sort of, as they go through these players, are like, oh, my God, this guy Kyle Pitts is really good. Yeah, because people yell and scream about Jamar Chase should be above Kyle Pitts sometimes at me in the, these mock drafts. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean – you do understand that this is a law. This is just me putting on a mock draft every week. And I like Kyle Pitts a lot. And I think that there are a lot of people that do these mock drafts that, that feel similar. He's just, he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. And it's, if you're, if you're just taking the best player, then why not? I mean, you know, why not? Yeah. The idea, is, just to take min- Pitts, right? like, the idea is to minimize risk. And if the, the least risky player is Kyle Pitts, done and done. If the least risky player in your mind is Panay Sewell, take him. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of risk of these quarterbacks, less so when you get to the skill position players. Well, and that's sort of the other thing for me with Atlanta. Because of their salary cap situation and because they're sort of locked into Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. they're not locked in for two years. I mean, they can make a move if they need to. But I, I just sort of wonder if they won't 
put an emphasis on an impact guy for 2021 in this dra- at the top of this draft. And the other thing is, you can draft a quarterback, but if you draft Mr. Trubisky, given your current situation and term- Mr. Trubisky type talent, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, you just set yourself back another three or four years. Oh, it's if you draft Justin Fields and he's not good, and you know he sits for a year behind Matt Ryan, and and then, then Matt he Ryan stinks it up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's you know if you take Jordan Love, like you know you put yourself in a Jordan Love situation, and if the Falcons are remotely decent, people will be questioning it because like why did you use this on a quarterback when you know you had a chance to be good this year? I think they want to be good this year. I think they want to compete. I, I think Kyle Pitts makes a lot of sense. I know you know, Falcons fans told you that they had Hayden Hurst, but let's settle down. Like you put you put a, one year left on this deal. Yeah, and I mean he's. He's been okay as a, as a f- former first rounder. I mean, give me pits and let's see, let's see if we can make, cook with some gas, get, make the offense, you know, offensive line steps up, plays well. Man, they are thin on offensive line though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got some work to do and they're in a tough division. Yeah, they are. Mm. All right. Uh, anyway, you mentioned the trades up. Uh, another NFC South team is involved in the first one as you had the Panthers. My, my Carolina Panthers? I feel like they're my Carolina Carolina Panthers. My Carolina Panthers trading up to grab Justin Fields at number two overall. What a move up the board for Carolina. Uh, did you, do you do the actual trade or you just have the team? Oh yeah. So part of the reason I did this is because I'm tired of mocking Zach Wilson to the Jets at number two. Sure. So I had the Jets trade down and, um, I think that Justin Fields is a great fit in Carolina. He reminds me of a, he's a more polished Cam Newton at this point in the proceedings. He's a better passer than Cam coming out. He can run just like Cam can, uh, probably faster. I don't think they've had their pro day yet, but he's, he's expected to run pretty fast. So anyway, the Panthers get number two and number 147. The Jets get number eight, number 73 and a 2021 first rounder. So that's sort of rich. It works out a little bit in the favor of the Jets just because it's such a high pick. Um, but you know, you're giving basically a first rounder and a third rounder to move up six spots. And, and sure. if you love Justin Fields, if that's your guy, then I think it makes some sense. And uh, I think that's a guy where Teddy Bridgewater starts the first month of the season, and then you bring Justin Fields in. And we know that Dave Tepper's been super aggressive uh, about building this team. We their reports. I don't know if it's confirmed, but he's all in on trying to get Deshaun Watson there. And if that doesn't work out, Justin Fields is is not a bad number two. Um. What do you think the chances are? Wait, did you just tell me what they gave up? I didn't hear it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. The not, Panthers get number two and 147, and the Jets get number eight, number 73, and a 2021 first rounder. Mm, that's a pretty spicy trade. Now, let me ask you this. <clears throat> if the Panthers move to number two, do you think that they have a chance? To, see, I kind of think that there's a chance a team might move up to two, three, or four. And then use that pick to trade for Deshaun Watson. Oh, that I like. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do a mock draft and do yeah, that. Yeah, you do that. That's actually a good one. Um, you know, so it's like, in other words, like it looks like the Panthers are going up to get a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields, but they're really just getting the Texans the opportunity to get, uh, Justin Fields. Or and we Zach talked Wilson. to Sully about the idea that once this draft starts, you have an extra year in terms of draft picks to trade as well. Correct. So in theory, the Panthers could get to two, and then while on the clock, engineer a Deshaun Watson trade. That is waiting to the very last second if you're the Texans, not to screw yourself. <laughs> yes, it is. And you could have a situation too, where like if things go haywire, and you don't get the trade, you know, however it goes, like you don't get the trade in, and as a result, like yeah, like the Panthers want to get to number two, but the Eagles trip number two, and they don't give a crap about Deshaun Watson. The the Texans are screwed. Well, no, I'm saying like the Panthers make the deal for the draft picks ahead of time, but then. 
Like while the Texans are trying to figure out, trying to engineer the deal, the clock runs out and the oh. Dolphins snatch Zach Wilson or you know, something crazy like that. And the Dolphins move up to two and hold the, hold the Texans, uh, ransom. I don't, I don't know. I look, I, I think that I think you're onto something in the sense that you're correct about David Tepper and just how aggressive he wants to be in the pursuit of a quarterback. And I, I believe that they went into last year, you know, rebooting the front office. Um, you know, you, you, uh, well, you know, you rebooted the front office this all season, I guess, but you brought in Matt Rule and the plan, I think, was to get Teddy Bridgewater and then slowly sort of find an opportunity to land a quarterback in, in the draft. This stuff with, uh, Watson and Stafford and Wentz and Russ Wilson, you know, all these quarterbacks that want trades or, or have been traded. I think has sparked something in David Tepper and he's just not going to let it go. And he's going to, he is going to figure out a way to get a quarterback. Uh, and it's going to be a big splashy move. So I, I like the idea of them moving up to two. And I do worry though that 2021, 2022 first rounder might be a good one for the Panthers. I'd be, I'd be a little worried about that. Yeah. That's the other thing you got to, yeah, it has to be, you know, 20 or below. I think the Steelers last year, oh, that might not be happening. The Steelers last year. You're right. I mean, but right. If you're being aggressive and to win and all the other stuff, that's what you want to happen. The I mean, I mean, year, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if Justin Fields is awesome. You know, whoever you get is awesome, but that's that it, it doubles your risk. You don't want you, to be the Texans who now gave the Dolphins a number three pick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be the Steelers with Minka Fitzpatrick, which gave the 20 something pick. Yeah. I, man, I don't know. I don't know if Carolina can afford to do that with their roster and just, but if you get the next Cam Newton, is that worth an, an extra first round pick? Yeah, so that's the that's the math you have to do and talk yourself into it if Justin Fields or whoever is your guy at number two. I'm just sort of thinking Carolina is like, if they go eight and eight, that might be a good season. The issue with trading up to number two though, and giving up, let's say, a third rounder this year and a first rounder next year, and then flipping that for Deshaun Watson. is that you're not going to have another first round. You're going to be like the Rams. You're never going to have another first round pick because you had to give up a first round pick to the Jets, and then you yep. have to give three more first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Right. Or maybe it's less because you have Justin Fields. Maybe it's two and Justin Fields, but still, that's three first round picks you're out. Oh yeah, you could do that. You draft Justin Fields and then trade him. Yeah, that, that, that would work too. I mean, I just think with the, with the Panthers and, and that, and that possibility, if I trade for Watson, I, I feel like I'm going to win eight plus games. If I trade up for Fields at two, I'm feeling like, I might win eight games. And it's, that, it's four, like four and eight, between four and eight's the ceiling. Yeah. And you get a couple bad breaks and all of a sudden you win three games and you're giving up the number one overall pick in 2022. And, and I mean, Justin Herbert balled out and they won seven games and they have the 13th pick. Right. Exactly. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll tell you what the other top 10 trade was in Ryan Wilson's mock draft. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. 
Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Okay, the 49ers. Hello. Uh, for whatever reason, in this mock, you have Zach Wilson plummeting down the board to number six. And when he got there, the Eagles, oh man, do you know, would Eagles fans be angry? I think Eagles fans would be angry if the Eagles traded out of six with Zach Wilson sitting there to the 49ers. I guess we could ask Devo. Devo, are you worried your audio is going to screw up again or are you going to answer us? We can, we can try it out today. How I sound? Sound so, great. Great. Um, no, I, I don't think trading back is a bad possibility. I do think that if Panay Sewell is there at six, you know, Eagles fans don't want to trade up for him, but if he's sitting there, that's kind of the guy that you're just like, okay, we can't mm. pass on this guy. So I think that's a common sentiment amongst Eagles fans where I think the fan base is kind of torn on, on how they want to approach or attack a potential quarterback selection. Oh, I like the, the Panay thing. That's a good idea. Yeah, the Jet, I mean, the Eagles have so many needs. And, you know, I hadn't taken Patrick Tan. I don't think I've had him taken a cornerback in a really long time. But you look at the roster. Let me see what I wrote. Um, they just signed Anthony Harris, which is for one, one year, five million, which is nuts. Um, they have Darius Slay signed through 2025, but after that, everyone else is on a one-year deal. None of those guys have any experience outside of Avante Maddox. So they, they do have needs at, at, in the secondary uh, and the cornerback as well. But I think Panay Sewell does make a lot of sense at six. So what happens? Let's see what they got. The 49ers get number six, the Eagles get number 12 and number 43. So they pick up, move down six spots and pick up a second-round pick. So um, at 12, they could have drafted an offensive lineman. Of course, they didn't have him doing that. And then at 43, they can circle back, and I think they have another second-round pick. So I don't know. I, I think the compensation works out about right, but to Debo's point, Eagles fans may prefer. So, Debo, you'd prefer Panay Sewell over Zach Wilson, for example? Yeah, I think so. Not Trey Lance, okay. though. Not Trey Lance. I'm sticking on that Debo. one. <laughs> Debo's on the North Dakota State train no matter what. I I don't know that the quarterbacks are going to fall this far. Well, they and they never go in the top five. But maybe this is the year. I, I, I don't know. The Falcons could take, I mean, you're right. The Falcons could take one at four. The Bengals could, some team could swap. The 49ers could trade up with the Bengals. The Lions could take one at seven. I had the Jets trading down from two to eight and I had them taking Mac Jones at eight just because I love Mac Jones. I know to anchor a, a large subset of people. <laughs> I, Mac Jones is going to the top 10. I'm just, that's the hill I'm going to die on. It may not happen, but I, I'm happy to, to be on the right side of that if it does. Um, the Broncos at nine. I've heard people say the Broncos. Wait, you had the, wait, 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 wait. You had Trey Lance going, you have Trey Lance going 13 to the Bears? The Bears trade up to get him. Bears fans would love that. So, I mean, there's a chance. I've talked to scouts that think they, I've talked to scouts that think Mac Jones is a better prospect than Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Wow. Which, which people go, you must be talking to someone on drugs, but I'm telling you, and I told you this before. <laughs> He's definitely has a higher four. Teams are risk averse. Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty with these guys. I mean, Justin Fields and Trey, Trey Lance could be amazing, but if your job is to to not lose next year, because I can do this forever, but you know, you lose, you get fired, then you're going to go with the as you mentioned, the high floor guy. Mac Jones is the high floor guy. So, um, yeah, Trey Lance has slipped. He hasn't played in over a year. He had played that one game that really didn't matter. So, um, the Bears they had going from 20th to 13th, and they just gave a second round pick. And they, they got like a seventh rounder or sixth rounder in return from the Chargers. Mm. So, I mean, that, that would actually, I don't think that happens because that would make Pace and Nagy look pretty smart. But, <laughs> you know, after Nick Foles debacle and, and Andy Dalton debacle, 
or soon to be debacle, maybe as a, a MVP year. I don't know, but trading up seven spots to get a franchise quarterback. I mean, Bears fans would be after being beaten down over the last year and a half, they would be elated. But um, it seems like a stretch. But I, I liked it in terms of being a smart move. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, look, that's a man. It's a good. It's a good move. Like if if you're a team like the Bears, if you're Ryan Pace and you think you're about to get canned because Andy Dalton in this team is going to stink in 2021, it makes a lot of sense to invest in another quarterback. Now, I don't know. I mean, how like, many quarterbacks do you think? How high are all these five quarterbacks going? I think that. I mean, I think they all go in the top. I guess you have them all going in the top 15. Yeah, but okay, your top four. How many are in your top four? How many of those guys? How long until they're all off the board? So I think the Jets. I think I think I think one guy will go at number two, and you obviously you have that happening. Um, I think. So in my opinion, this could look a lot like the 2018 draft, where you get Baker one, Darnold two, Allen goes at seven. Rosen at ten, man, and then Lamar at thirty-two, I think. Yeah, and 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 I mean the thing is with these quarterbacks is that you know the as much as these teams need need quarterbacks and, and want like I think you're getting quarterbacks go one and two, but there is a saturation of quarterbacks around the league. Like it's not like every you know it's not like there's fifteen desperate teams looking for a quarterback out there. You know, so a lot of them in the top ten are though. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean it's it's when you look at who's up there. Obviously, the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. That that's set in stone. The Jets at two. I mean, the Dolphins at three are acting like they won't, and I don't think they will. But it's not entirely off the table. The right. Falcon. The, the only teams who definitely aren't taking a or the only team. I mean, the Bengals are not taking a quarterback. The um, who else is definitely not taking a quarterback in the are top? The Eagles like, not taking one. Definitely, I don't. Think I don't. So. I don't think so. The Jet. I mean, the Lions. Excuse me. No, Lions are definitely in the market for a quarterback. Panthers, 40, Panthers I mean, 49ers, Broncos, the Cowboys are definitely not taking a quarterback. And I, and I feel like we can say that the Giants are definitely not taking a quarterback. I do wonder if Justin Fields falls to 11 or something. Do they think about it or Dave Gettleman's not doing it? He's not doing it no matter what. Trevor I, Lawrence can be there at 11 and Dave Gettleman's not taking Trevor Lawrence. It would be such an indictment of Daniel Jones if he took a Yeah, Trevor, yeah, Trevor, that would be funny. It's like, well, we talked about that. We're like, if the Giants, if the Giants get the number one pick, what do they do? Because Dave Gettleman's all in on Daniel Jones, but Trevor Lawrence is a generational prospect. No. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the, I think with that much interest in quarterbacks, with this many good quarterbacks that you'll see several guys go, I think they'll all be gone by the top, by the, I, I'm not putting Mac Jones in the top 15 for sure. I think four go in the top 15 almost certainly. Oh yeah. That's not even, that's not hardcore. I think man, like top seven or eight. I'll say four in the top 10. How about that? Yeah, I'm, I, that won't, you won't get any disagreement with me on that. Cause that's usually how my, how these mock drafts sort of falling out. But then there are teams like the Bears, Patriots, Steelers that could all trade up. Saints that all might be in the trying to trade up. And, and that is great news for those teams at the top that may want to trade down. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's a chance that the Bears take Mac Jones? It feels like a pretty Bearsy pick. Yeah. That would be awesome. I would love for them to take Mac Jones, not for Mac Jones sake, Cause I actually think Mac Jones is good, but just because it will, 
make Bears fans so irate. They would be so <laughs> freaking mad. If Nick Foles and Andy Dalton had a baby, it would be Mac Jones. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, yet, uh, let's see, what else of uh, interest in here? Asante Samuel, Rondell Moore slid in the back in the first round. I don't think mm-hmm. they were in there last time. And you have, no, uh, Asante Samuel has, I don't know if he's been in a long time, but I like him a lot. He actually compared himself to Jair Alexander. And that's funny because that's exactly what BMAC said after he had watched him. Um, and he's nasty. He's like a nastier version of Janoris Jenkins who just got released by the Saints. So I think he fits there. Uh, I get the Ravens a wide receiver. Sometimes I go back to the edge rusher. They, they, I think they re up Tyus Bowser. I'm not sure if they did anything else in free agency on the edge, but this time I had him taking, um, Kadarius Coney wide receiver. Typically, I like to give him a bigger wide receiver. And we talked about this in the podcast, opposite Hollywood Brown. But I feel like Kadarius Tony, even though he's 5'11", plays much bigger. And he can catch the ball short, intermediate, or long. And, and that certainly helps Lamar. So he's not a gadget player necessarily, which Hollywood sort of feels like. But uh, Kadarius Tony, I, I think, is, is a good fit in uh, Baltimore. Okay. I dig it. Uh, what other uh, what other matchups did you like when you – I saw Greg Rousseau jumps up. Was he out of the first round the last time? Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see where he ends up going because he didn't play last year. He's a converted wide receiver. He's 6'7", but his lower body's sort of slight. Like he's not thick-legged. He's not like uh, Anthony Barr or, or Julius Peppers, for example. Example. He's more like a basketball body. So he's got to get stronger. Maybe he's been doing that over the last year and change. Um, so I want to see what happens there. But, but it, you know, he's a high upside guy as the, as the thing goes. I have the Dolphins taking Travis 18 at 18. What do you think I, was about about that? To, I was about to ask that. I just brought up the Dolphins' depth chart because – Man, I mean, signed, you, what Malcolm Brown and Will Fuller? I well, mean, he's running have, back. Oh yeah, but you have Jamar Chase going third overall, and then to the Dolphins, and then have him taking Travis Etienne at eighteen overall. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you're not friggin' thrilled as a Dolphins fan. And I mean, like that, like that's one of that's that's one of those where it would be, you know, like that's Tua's. The, you know, you're writing winners and losers, and Tua is a big winner because you the can't Dolphins win with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so right. So Will Fuller, you mentioned they signed, but he's still what he has to miss one game anyway. And then Yeah, he'll miss the first week, yeah. And then there's the injury history. So And, still, and, and Fuller signed a one year deal, right? I mean that's that's right. a that's a it's a band aid situation. And you're still taking um Jamar Chase there if you love him. And then right, so Travis ATN, he runs four four to forty, can catch the ball at his as pro day, he can catch the ball, obviously run the ball. So uh yeah. I, and they they made a lot of moves in free agency as well. So I, I think that's sort of a Helps them, and as you point out, helps to a Tonga Bailoa. Okay, yeah, I dig it. Uh, I think I, I like because we we know their defense can ball out. It played really well last year. Tua has to take a leap forward, but if you give him, I mean, you give him all those weapons, man, and you get an offensive line that's playing a little bit better. Need, maybe need a little more depth there. Some higher, you, know, you could. I mean, th- th- there would be nothing wrong with investing in the offensive line again if you're Miami. But I like the idea of just plopping some skill guys around Tua and seeing if it's the answer. Yeah. They drafted Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson last year. I think Hunt actually played outside. Jackson yep. started left tackle. Um, Ted Karras went back to New England. They signed Matt Skura. So they have, they could certainly have, uh, fill some needs along the depth. Uh, the interior offensive line, that is. Interestingly, the Patriots who signed 455 people <laughs> in the first week of free agency, it was impossible to find them a need to fill other than quarterback. So I am convinced now more than ever that their plan is to move up for a quarterback. Uh, so okay, well let's you have you had him going fifteenth, or you had him taking fifteenth. Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, offensive tackle out of USC. I agree with you, and I think that the move for Belichick 
is pretty obvious. You take 15, you add Stephon Gilmore to it, and you call somebody in the top 10 and ask them if they want to make a trade. And you try to get up. That's it, though? Just 15 and Stephon? I think that that. I think that would get it done, maybe. How far does that get you up? Seven? Yeah, maybe six with the Eagles. Debo, would you trade uh, six for 15 and Stephon Gilmore? Stephon Gilmore's better than what's-his-face that I had going there, Patrick Sertan. Yeah, I'm I'm doing that. Darius Slay and Stephon Gilmore, I know they're a little older, but uh, I'm I'm taking that. Darius Slay and Stephon Gilmore is a spicy little quarterback yeah, combo. And you get the 15th pick. Yeah, I mean, like, I to me... Oh, so let, let me put it this way. So you get Stephon Gilmore and Elijah Bear Tucker for the number six pick. That's actually pretty good because a Bear Tucker can play guard or tackle, and he's he's really good. It's gonna suck when Jalen Hurts is still throwing to, to JJ or think a White Side next year, and not Jamar Chase. But <laughs> maybe you throw him into the trade too. You send him to New England. To get rid of him. I mean, honestly, if that might be the difference right there for for Howie is like if Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, or Jalen Waddle. Maybe Devontae. But if if he takes one of those pass catchers at six, Eagles fans will cut him some slack for at least like three months. Until right? they, until the guy gets in the field and gets hurt. Yeah. Right. I mean, but, people just don't people are just people are mad that Howie Roseman keeps taking like trying to be the like the adorable guy who keeps like, oh JJ Arcego Whiteside. Oh, like uh like trust me, uh Jalen Rager, best you know, this is our guy in the draft. It's like Justin Jefferson was on the board, bro. What are you doing? So I liked Jalen Rager last year. I, I liked the pick, but Debo, you said at the time even Eagles fans were like, Why aren't you taking Justin Jefferson? Is that right? Yeah, I think that was clear after they missed out and, you know, the Cowboys got CeeDee Lamb. That was upsetting to the fan base. Um, I liked Rager too though. So I, I can't, you know, I was, I was on your side. I was, I was not super upset at the time. Turned out to be, uh, wrong through year one on that. Yeah. And I, look, it's one year. That does not, one year does not define a career, which is what I keep whispering to myself every time I'm reminded that I told Prisco Justin Herbert wouldn't be very good. Yeah. Prisco fell into that one. I know. He still got Christian Ponder. <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh, dunk on, dunk Learn on. the game. Learn the game. Uh, all right. Anything else that we need to cover from this mock draft? No, I don't think so. I think that's a good recitation of the high points. Um, oh, you had Kadarius Tony going to the Ravens at 27. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about that earlier while you were looking at something else. Uh, I do like Debo's uh, <laughs> note on the Eagles. Potentially targeting someone like Panay Sewell. That's actually, I'll make a mental note of that. What else we got? The Steelers had him taken off to the lineman, which isn't necessarily noseworthy, noteworthy. Uh, but a name that I was hoping would fall to them, and I couldn't even make myself do it, is Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of Northwestern, who's, who's really good. He had a great pro day, played really well during the season, but he's at Northwestern, so a lot of people didn't know about him. He'll probably end up being a first round pick as one of the best cornerbacks. Wow. So Northwestern could have multiple first round picks in this draft. Northwestern could and Virginia Tech could, which is, Bonkers. For, Virginia Tech's at least been good at who's well, who's the who's the other one besides uh, Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley and uh, Christian Dare saw the offensive tackle. And, oh, but yeah, North, yeah. Northwestern, their coach Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald, I think. Yeah, does, he's awesome. Does a great job. So he he does a lot with a little in the big. They were so good this year, man. Yeah, so that's noteworthy. But he doesn't get five stars, but he wins with three stars, and and you know he turns them into to pros. So in some level. It's like, oh, it's, it's a product of great coaching, but it's also these kids, you know, making it happen. But you're right. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I mean, I mean, I, I think there's something to that though. Like if I'm going to invest in a guy at the NFL level, I mean, of course you want somebody with a great pedigree and, you know, who's been highly recruited and, you know, dominated at all levels and all that. But if, you know, 
if you develop into a really good player coming from a program like Northwestern, I feel like that gives, there's a little bit of security to that, you know, when you're taking yep. that guy. You're not taking a five star that went to Alabama and, and may or may not care about football and was just, he goes, gets by on, on sheer talent as opposed to hard work. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, you're getting somebody who's going to come in and, and grind. I mean, that's like a Garrett, Garrett Bradbury type. Okay. He's a three star tight end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. A lot of those guys are tight ends and convert like either in high school. Everyone either play quarterback and then move to position, skill position, or the yep. offensive lineman or the tight ends. One more thing and we'll go. Najee Harris, 32, the Buccaneers. How do you like that? Oh. Uh, Did you bring that playoff Lenny? That has uh, Clyde Edwards E. Lair, a Clyde Edwards E. Lair feel to it where it's like, eh. How so? It's, Just because it's, it's 32? Yeah, 32. You're the, what, def- what? you're the defending champ. You take a running back in the first round. Oh, feels, yeah. What holes do they need to fill, though? I mean, they, they, Bruce Arians was cursing up a storm when he said we're bringing everyone back, and he's tried to do that in large part. So I don't know. I mean, they have brought they, have, they haven't brought back Lenny. That's the only one. Yeah. Have they, you, they haven't brought back Dominican Sue yet either? Have they? I don't think so. Are you rolling with Rojo and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn? That's it. Mm, I know it's it's weird. I I feel like you can trust Rojo, but if Rojo if you don't have Lenny and Rojo gets hurt. And all of a sudden your feature back is Keyshawn Vaughn. That's a problem for a team that absolutely has shown they want to run the football. So yeah, I, I don't mind it. Um, oh, Antonio, Antonio Brown, they haven't brought back here. Too, yeah. yeah. So. And Lenny's, like Lenny has, you're talking about they resigned Lenny because he's not been resigned yet. No, for, for, uh, Leonard Fournette and Dominic Sue and Antonio Brown have not been resigned by the Bucks. I would be surprised if Antonio Brown goes anywhere else. Yeah. Like, like anybody, I would, I would be shocked if anybody else wants to deal with Antonio Brown. He's still living with. Brady, so maybe he doesn't want to do that. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, look, they need, they need, they need help at the running back position. They need depth and Najee Harris would be a good fit there. Yeah, but it does have a little CEH feel. I, I, would you prefer one of the Carolina guys to Najee Harris? Yeah, there's some talk that Javante Williams might end up being the number one running back in this class, which is super spicy to use your word. I, I would, I'm fine. Like these guys are all pretty close to me in, in terms of how I feel about them. None of that would, I wouldn't. Like Michael Carter probably is going to be a second round pick, maybe early third round pick, but Javante Williams, I love. Do you think, as I look up this, so odds, where is it? I swear they were on here before. Draft, draft odds? Yes, I saw some draft odds out. I was going to. For the running backs? I thought there was a running back when I was going to see what the. I bet Javante's closer than probably people think. I bet, I mean, I bet you get Javante. Let me find some NFL draft odds. We'll do a full NFL draft odds show, obviously. Um, Leading into the draft, but you know, you can, if when they put these things up, they, they put them up fast. And if you can jump on some stuff, you can get crazy good value before the draft. Like we got, uh, we got Patrick Williams in the NBA draft. Patrick Williams. I was like, wait, uh, I haven't watched Patrick Williams. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, uh, Bavada has next quarterback to retire. Ben Roethlisberger, Alex Smith, Tom Brady, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Aaron Rodgers. Big Ben's a Ooh. huge favorite. I feel like. Fitzpatrick, is he gonna play next year? Big Ben's minus 105. Fitz is 14 to 1. Really? Yeah, that's to wild. To play in 2022. I like that. Um, I don't see, I don't, I, I wish, I should have looked at this. If, I think Javante Williams is worth a stab at like 5 to 1 or better as first running back taken. Yeah. That, no, absolutely. I, it, although it would be really surprising if he went ahead of ETN, but. Yeah. And I think, um, teams like ETN better than Najee Harris. I like Najee Harris. A little better, but I mean, again, it's a half dozen to one. Yeah. But yeah, Javante Williams is, is sort of the wild card, but it, don't sleep on him. 
Okay. I uh, love it. He might sneak into the first round. But maybe all, all of them will fall out of the first round. We shall see. We will keep doing these mocks as they roll on. Of course, we'll have much more free agency fallout as the off season continues. Ryan, thanks for your time as always, buddy. Thanks everybody for listening, for watching, for chatting. See you later. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.